Hi, I'm Connor. And I'm Jeremy. We're the hosts of an upcoming limited series, The Legend of Zelda Games Club, on patreon.com slash superNPCradio. We love the Zelda series to heart pieces. So throughout the year, we'll be covering the mainline Zelda games starting in April, running all the way through November. Subscribers at the $10 DJ Toad tier over at patreon.com slash superNPCradio will get an episode twice a month with some of the best Zoras, Hillians, and Dekus around. Not only are we covering the entire mainline series, but we'll also be going over or other Zelda topics along the way. That naughty little tingle might even sneak an episode for free every now and then. We can't stop him. We've tried. Want a deep dive on the hookshot? It's coming. Fascinated by Zelda clones? We're covering them. Always dreamed of a Zelda space solace? Well now, my Goron brother, it's happening. Check us out at patreon.com slash supernpcradio and subscribe at the $10 DJ Toad tier. We've got a ton of fun in store this year as we explore Hyrule, Termina, Koholint Island, and more. And don't forget, it's, it's dangerous, dangerous to, to go, go alone. alone. Take, Take us! us. Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game, the podcast where I, your host, Connor McKay, bring on a guest to talk to them about a video game that is special to them from an impactful moment in their past. We'll talk on the show as much about what made playing the game fun and special and what my guests loved about it as we will around the context of how they fell in love with it for the first time and just what the heck was going on in their life at that moment. A little bit of housekeeping up top. Um, You can, of course, find us and interact with us and engage and like us on social media. We are on Instagram at callmebyyourgamepod. uh, And then we're on Twitter at callmebyyourgame, but just the one Y. So that's B-Y-O-U-R. That's where you will see the episodes that we are posting each week. You can see cool art, an occasional joke, updates from the show. Uh, if we ever do anything live, you'll see it there as well. Um, you can also support the show, especially if you've been enjoying us for a while. There's a few super helpful ways you can support us. First, you can rate and review us on the Apple Podcast Store. And my friends, if you do so, you leave us a five-star review and it's not bigoted. Well, by golly, Looks like I'm going to have to read that on the show. Uh, we've gotten some really nice reviews lately, and we got to read those on the show recently. So once we get a you know a collection of a few, we'll do that. But yeah, leave us a review. That helps um, you know get more people's eyes on the show, uh, and hopefully can help more people you know uh, dive back into the nostalgia of what we bring here. You can of course share the show with a friend, whether they love video games in general or this game that we're discussing today in particular. Um, And then you can always check us out on Patreon, which I'm sure you've already heard an ad for. Our Legend of Zelda Games Club that is a big ticket item there this year where we dive into the mainline Legend of Zelda series in a book club style format twice a month at the $10 DJ Toad tier. But yeah, we're at Super NPC Radio 
also known as patreon.com slash super NPC radio. Uh, and we have a ton more stuff as well. Uh, including a monthly Call Me By Your Game co-op episode where I sit down with a group of friends and talk to them about a game that is special. We most recently did Wii Sports um, with Leonard Smith Jr. and Anna Garcia. And coming up, we're going to have an episode on Professor Layton and the Curious Village with Allie Jennings and future guest of the show, Connor Arakaki. Anyway, that is all you need to know about the housekeeping. I have finally wrapped that up, and I can finally introduce our very special guest for today. So please welcome medicator, administrator, and possibly a vaccinator, Kermit the Frog. Kermit, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me, Connor. Um, It's so good to be here um, discussing video games with you today. Uh, it's an honor. I guess uh, people, some people like your podcast out there, and I just got to say uh, congrats on all the success so far. Kermit, that is really kind of you to say. Um, uh, I don't know who paid you to say that, but that's very nice. Um, yeah, we try to have fun here, and I love sitting down with, uh, you know, with different people every week and finding out, you know, what games mean to them. That's really all I can bring to the show. You know, it's just that, what my guests love and, you know, who I am. So thank you. Um, but thank you so much. Uh, this is uh, uh, so cool to have you on the show. Uh, Kermit, uh, like all of my guests, I love to dive into how, um, how I know each person who joins me for the show. Um, so, uh, so you and I actually met through some, uh, mutual friends, um, you know, recently, you know, as the pandemic has been wrapping up. Yeah, it's, it was really cool. You know, we met out, it was kind of like my first time, you know, out socially, Again, and uh, we met at a bar recently, and it was sure, uh, sure good to meet you. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, and it's so one of those things where you know I normally like to get to know somebody um, better uh, before I you know invite them on the show. I don't want to seem like that's the only reason I would engage with somebody because let's be honest, you know, you being on the show potentially could get more eyes than our humble listenership already has. Um, but I was a few whiskeys deep and my friend, I just got to say, felt like we were really clicking and, and, uh, you know, you had asked me what I had been up to, said it was interesting. So I figured I'd just ask. Yeah. You know, uh, well, I'm really proud of you for being brave because sometimes that's all it takes is just to, uh, you know, step out there and ask, but thank you for having me on the show. Oh, of course. Um, uh, it feels even weird to be like, hey, uh, how might the guests know you? What else have you been up to? Because, I mean, you're Kermit the Frog. Like, you're from, you're the guy from the Muppets. You are one of the most famous uh, performers out there. You have a storied television career. You are, you have host, you hosted The Tonight Show for Johnny Carson Back in the day, I saw that you've, you know, been a movie star, um, uh, including several movies within the last 10 years, which is really saying something. Um, but yeah, I don't want to, you know, linger on all that too much because I'm sure, you know, that's uh, not exactly what you wanted to come here and talk about. But I got to say, even though I've not, you know, been a Muppets head my whole life, there are two Muppets movies that for me were really impactful. Do you want to take a guess at what those could be? Um. Well, I I kind of feel like you're uh you're putting me on the spot here. Um so no, why don't you just tell me if you don't mind? Sure. Yeah, um so <laughs> sorry about that. I realize that's 
a little uncomfortable for you probably. Um, well, first, uh, of course, is got to be the Muppets Christmas Carol. Probably, it, it's, I think for me, for Christmas movies, uh, that is number one. That and Scrooge. So, you know, of course, just uh, renditions on the Christmas Carol. But yeah, Michael Caine is so good in that. You're so good as Bob Cratchit. Everyone is incredible in that movie. I, I absolutely love that one. Oh, yeah. Really fun one, too. Um, That was, I think, I want to say 1992 that we did that. And uh, yeah, Michael Caine. What a what a true what a true professional. Yeah, just uh, that must have been really cool. And then, of course, Muppets Treasure Island, one that I I watched over and over as a kid that I haven't seen in years. And I really want to go back and watch. Yeah, that's uh, that's actually one of my favorites that we ever did too. So uh, yeah, you're gonna have to <laughs> yeah check it out somehow. I don't know if it's uh, streaming anywhere, but uh, I'm sure you can you know find it somehow. Yeah. Um. Well. Uh. Well, Kermit. Before we we move on to you know um uh, talk about your history with games, is there anything else about you know like th- that you've got coming up that you've done recently that you you know really felt like talking about? Um, well, there's not been, it's actually been a little quiet for me the last couple of years. You know, I feel like for everyone, the last year has been pretty quiet, but, um, I was on The Masked Singer recently. So yeah, just, I would say go support that show. Check it out. It's pretty fun. It's a pretty wacky show. Um, and they had this old, this old bad on. So, uh, yeah, check it out. Wow. Okay. Very, very cool. Kermit, so the mass singer, everybody check it out. And of course, anything you do want to plug, Kermit, I will put in the show notes um at the end of the show. It's so the the listener can just click a link and, and check it out. Um but um before we get into uh your his general history with video games, Kermit, would you please introduce to our listeners the video game that we are going to uh be discussing for the main event today? Um yeah, uh that game is Dr. Mario, you know, the uh puzzle Tetris-like game for the Nintendo. Um, yeah, and I'm really excited to, to get into it. I don't want to give away too much up front, but um, not a huge video game frog here, but um, but it is, you know, a really special one to me, so I'm really pumped to talk about it. Yeah, me too. So excited to have you and to hear about your experience with that game. I know that's, you know, a pretty popular one. It's, it's funny that we're like, what? This is, I think, going to be episode 73. And, you know, some games just haven't been talked about yet. So, uh, so lucky us. I'm so glad we still had it uh, when, when you and I met. Um, but, yeah, Kermit, let's get into it. Let, walk me down your history with video games. And where I sort of want to start is maybe, you know, when you took an interest uh, for the first time in video games, if you don't mind. Oh, yeah, sure. I'd be uh, more than happy to share about that. So, like I said, you know, um, not a big video game type of uh type of frog but uh if because you know when i was uh you know growing up we didn't have video games way back you know in the in the 50s or in the in the 40s but um now they're really popular obviously an incredible um piece of culture and their presence is huge it's an enormous industry um i gotta say the first time i really i was kind of stayed away from arcades you know i was sort of worried about you know little frog Big pond getting stepped on by all these uh all these hustling and bustling young kids running around arcades. So I sort of stayed away from it until uh you know um Donkey Kong the for the original arcade game. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, I've played that one a few times. It's on the um 
I don't know if you have a Switch, but it's on the um, NES Switch Online. But I also have you know played it throughout the years. Oh, cool! Really cool. Yeah. So um, it was fun going to play that game. Um, you know, huge fan of the character Donkey Kong. He's a really cool guy. Um, but yeah, I just had a lot of fun trying to be you know catch him as Mario and save uh you know save the princess. That is. But yeah, really. Uh, would just go to the arcade to play that game, maybe a few others. Um, Pac-Man was fun. Um, yeah, there's probably many more that I don't even remember the names to, honestly. But the uh, the first console that I owned was uh, just the original Nintendo. You know, the phenomenon that was uh, the NES. Um, I think I got it, honestly, um, because of uh, it was a wrap gift for... Um, I want to say a Muppet Family Christmas um, in like 1987 or so. I mean, I didn't, you know, have a Nintendo before that, but um, yeah, that's how I got it. And so I, you know, played a little um, Super Mario Brothers. Um, I tried out Duck Hunt, which made me, you know, feel uncomfortable because like any game, you know, hunting another animal, it's easy to place your... Self in those shoes. Oh, yeah. Gosh, I guess I never even considered what that would feel like. Uh, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, but, you know, it's something that eventually I was able to get past, and I, I did beat the game. Oh, so you, yeah, it sounds like you did um, not have too much trouble after that. Uh, but, yeah, good for you. Um, sorry, I feel like I interrupted you. Oh, no problem. Um, that's fine. Um, we'll... You know, it's your show, so uh, we'll get through it. But, um, yeah, and then after that, you know, it was just sort of a few scattered games throughout time. Um, I really was big into uh, Frogger. Oh, okay. I see. I see the connection there. And, you know, it's not because of... I don't think it's because it's a frog is the main character. And I actually know that guy. His name is Sam. Uh, he's a really great guy. Um, he's actually not too far from where I'm from. He's from, uh, he's from Louisiana. I'm from Mississippi. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, I really liked Frogger. Snake was also a really fun one for me. Um, I don't know Snake personally, but I have heard that he's also a very nice guy. Um, has been having a little bit of a rough time lately because, you know, Snake's not exactly, you know, in the public eye anymore, like, uh, even something like Frogger might be on, like, a mobile platform, but, uh, yeah, I loved playing Snake on my Nokia phone in the, you know, like, late 90s, early 2000s, um, and then actually, um, you know, I'm, I'm a father, I've got a few kids, um, and my, uh, my youngest, um, was actually growing up and had a Nintendo Wii, and they really loved the, uh, game Epic Mickey, you know, featuring uh, Mickey Mouse. Oh yeah, no, I know that game. I actually, um, the last last summer, my my guests have heard me talk about this on the show many times. But um, last summer, you know, in the middle of the pandemic, uh, just I bought so many retro consoles and retro mo- so many retro games and a few retro consoles. And Epic Mickey one and two, I got in the same eBay auction for very cheap. Oh, that's really cool. Uh, congratulations on that. Have you Did you play it? No, I actually still have yet to play it. I, I That's one of the few games I think about and um, think how much I would like to play it that I've got, but I, I'm just 
kind of this year what I've been doing is just trying to make a dent in that backlog of of all of those games. Well, uh, good luck with that. But anyway, I sort of really got into that game, and I thought it was so much fun. Um, You know, I've heard it's not the best platformer, but for my money, it sure was great, especially to see, you know, an old pal like Mickey really succeed in the video game space. It was just so cool. He's just, you know, such a... You know, it's really easy to see him as this, like, corporate shill, but he, which I wouldn't, I wouldn't characterize him like that. That's just what I've heard. Um, but he really is a generous guy and uh, really just so dang nice. So that game, truly one of my all-time favorites. That's so awesome. Uh, I'm really excited to hear that, too, because uh, I feel like not a lot of people, A, played that game, and B, I, I don't know the people that did. Um, it seems like such a magical experience. I really love um, the the setting of that game. How I think it's like in Disneyland or something like that, and and it just seems uh, really imaginative, even if it's not the best, you know, game game. Yeah, so a uh, pretty fun game. Um, and like really, the only thing I ever tried on the Wii besides uh, Wii Sports, which I heard you mention earlier, um, and then recently um, that same kid got a playstation 5 uh, on launch and so when they got it they played this game called uh, bug snacks and they said dad i think you'd like this game so i gave it a shot and i sure did it was really cool oh so you also played bug snacks that's so funny that's another game that uh i have been really interested in since it came out but have not even booted it up oh so it sounds like um do you I mean do you even play video games? I, I hate to come on here and you know ruffle your feathers here, but uh, it doesn't sound like you even play video games. It sounds like you're interested in a lot of games. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I I assure you, I do play video games. I just missed out on uh on a few uh in, over the last couple of years. Um, but yeah, no, uh, you're just calling a spade a spade. So I appreciate you, uh, really keeping me honest there. <laughs> Thank you, Kermit. Yeah, no problem. Happy to do it. It's sort of, you know, sometimes I forget that's how I can be. Um, you know, I think it's my Mississippi side uh, are coming out. So, yeah. But no, that's that's really it as far as the video games that I have really spent much time with over my life. Uh, as, as I said, I'm just not a big gamer. But there are a few, like, you know, which I'm sure we're going to get into Dr. Mario pretty soon, uh, that I've uh, really enjoyed. Awesome. Well, so cool. Well, hey, you know what? Again, one thing I really, I've said this on the show before, but that I really enjoy uh, is having people on with different video game experiences and a wide range of, you know, of experience. There's people like me who have a problem and have played and owned too many video games. And then there's people like you who have just played a few, but have had a special experience and a meaningful one with those as well. So thank you, Kermit, uh, for sharing that. And yeah, I'm so excited to get into Dr. Mario. But before we do, my friend, uh, I'm going to take us on a quick break, and then once we come back, we'll dive into all things Dr. Mario. So, Kermit, I'll see you on the other side. Okay, um, see ya. Hello. 
Hello, my name is Jeremy Schmidt, and I host a podcast called Video Games, a Comedy Show. We pretend like we are morning radio DJs within the Mushroom Kingdom for exactly five minutes per episode before dropping it all together. We cover topics like our favorite video games to take on vacation, the birthday roast of Mario, favorite Desert Island PS2 games, and infinity more episodes. If you like to hold a controller and are prone to laughter, well then Buster, I've got hours of stuff for you. Check out Video Games, a Comedy Show anywhere podcasts can be found. Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game. Of course, here to discuss Dr. Mario with uh, with the one and only Kermit the Frog. Kermit, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Connor. And uh, it's good to it's good to be back. I am Kermit the Frog here. Okay, very funny. Um, the full disclosure, uh, listeners, I did ask Kermit if he would say that, and uh, Kermit, thank you for humoring me. Eh, no problem, not a, none at all. Okay, great. So, um, what I want to do, uh, as I told you before the show, is that before we dive into you know your personal history and what this game means to you, what you remember, I'm going to go through some brief history and context, uh, just in case the listener is not entirely familiar. Uh, and if you want to add anything, my friend, please do. Okay, great. Sounds good to me. Go ahead, buddy. Okay. So here we go. Dr. Mario is a 1990 action puzzle video game produced by Gunpei Yokoi, who also is one of the two creators of the Game Boy, and designed by Takahiro Harada. Nintendo developed and published the game for the Nintendo Entertainment System and the Game Boy simultaneously. Uh, The soundtrack was composed by Hirokazu Tanaka. In this falling block puzzle game, the player's objective is to destroy the viruses populating the on-screen playing field by using colored vitamin capsules that are tossed into the field by Mario, who assumes the role of a doctor, which I promise you I will touch on later. Um, The player manipulates the capsules as they fall, with the goal being to align up to four colors including the virus, so it could be, you know, three of the same color little pill and then the virus to remove it from the field, then they disappear. Um, Their progress, uh, you progress in this game by eliminating all the viruses in a stage, Um, and of course, the farther you go into the game, the more difficult this becomes because there's so many viruses just bunched up and you can really clog up the area with, with, um, you know, the pills, which we'll probably talk about. More, even later, uh, Dr. Mario was a commercial success, having sold over 10 million copies across all platforms. It received positive reception and appeared on several best Nintendo games of all time lists. It has been ported, remade, or has a sequel on every Nintendo home console since the NES. The latest release is a mobile game called Dr. Mario World. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't even know that they made a new a new game yeah 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 you can check it out i really don't know a ton about it aside from the fact that there are a ton of different doctors um one of my favorite podcasts is called uh nintendo cartridge society uh which uh which guests to the former guest of the show patrick ellers is a host along with mark mitchell they run a fantastic show in fact my listeners i was recently on an episode of this so go check out our e3 predictions from a couple weeks ago um However, they talk about this game uh, every time a new doctor gets added, they bring it up, uh, and it's just fun to hear about them. In fact, uh, 
Kermit, one of the uh, the newest doctors, is a to a tower of toads. Um, what the heck is that exactly? Um, it's a fair question. Uh, I, that's a very fair question. It's a, like a stack of three toads in like a in a giant lab coat. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. Now that you say it like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, Kermit, did you have anything that you wanted to uh, add to the history and context that I had to share about Dr. Mario? Or would you like to move on with uh, with uh, your experience? Um, yeah, I don't really know the history or any fun facts to share about this game um, or any game for that matter. Uh, so, no. Uh, yeah, let's move on. Awesome. Okay, great. Well, uh, let's really get into your history with the original Dr. Mario uh, Kermit. What I want to start with, which is, is how did you, uh, you know, discover this game or come upon it for the first time? Because, you know, like you said, um, you're not a big gamer, so I'm really interested to see how this actually happened. Well, you know, um, it was uh, sort of interesting um so like i said i had gotten that a uh, nintendo as a wrap gift for uh, a muppets muppet family christmas back in 1987 sort of sat on it you know some of the kids would play games at the house but i really didn't dabble too much um but i i got this game um in burbank actually um in uh in in uh late 1990 it must have been the fall um i was uh dropping off a uh, Frozzy Bear at the uh, Burbank Airport. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, the Bob Hope Airport. Uh, nice little, nice little airport. I would say, like, I mean, if I would, I would always recommend going there instead of LAX. I, I, there could be bad experiences that you could have there. I just haven't, honestly, experienced anything too bad. Yeah, you know, it's uh, pretty great. I've been flying out of there. Um, it's sort of actually in my rider. Uh, for about any production I do or anything that my assistant might uh, schedule me is to, uh, you know, just uh, send me out of there just because it's so much nicer. But anyway, um, yeah, I dropped off uh, Fozzie at the airport that day and uh, was sort of just, you know, it's in a bit of a weird place, which I'll get into. But um, I ended up just uh, killing time before I went home and I stopped by uh, Fry's Electronics. Oh, very cool. Um, that's one place that I would always, uh, this is, this is something I like to do on the show, which is talking about myself. Um, but Fry's is a store that I would always hear on the radio ads. I'm from, uh, from the, the central California area, Modesto, if you've heard of it. Um, but anyway, used to hear about that on, uh, radio ads, but we didn't have one in town. So were you like, um, you know, a big technology type of person? What brought you there? You know, not really. Um, I don't know if you know this, but frogs aren't exactly technologically proficient. So, no, um, not exactly a big technology guy. I was just trying to kill time, like I said. So I figured I'd walk in and just um, get distracted, look at the cool um, gizmos and gadgets and see what I, what I find. Okay, nice. Very cool. Um, so, yeah, so you're in this. Take me there if, if you remember. Um, so you're in this rise. Uh, how did you end up walking away with uh, with Dr. Mario? 
Well, you know, I did end up going to the video game section and um, was just sort of looking at all the stuff they had. And uh, honestly, it was the box art. Um, I thought it was really cool. Mario in a doctor's outfit. And I think there's some like pills and maybe the virus on it. Um, and honestly, I just thought it like looked really cool. I uh, picked it up and I took it to the register. I bought it. I mean, how much more uh, is this enough uh, backstory for you, Connor? Or did you, do you get the picture now? Oh, yeah, yeah, I do absolutely get the picture. Um, you know, although I'm probably going to need to know the more details, Kermit. Like, did you get in your car? Did you drive home? Uh, no, I'm I'm just kidding. You've given me what I needed for that story. Um, but that's cool. That's so funny when you can, you know, walk into a store and walk out with something you don't want. Um, yeah, very, very interesting. Okay, so... Uh, so you start playing this game. Um, what did you do? You remember like what you liked about it, or what was fun? Um, yeah, I would say for me personally, it was um just sort of something you could zone out and do. You know, as the pills fall, you could you know you're trying to line them up. You're pressing A and B to, to make them flip because you know in the game there are three colored viruses. In the first game, there's a yellow, there's blue, and there's red. And not that this really matters, but I really actually like the colors of the viruses and the pills because they're not just like yellow, red, and blue. The blue is like a light sky blue. The yellow is sort of like skewing into like a goldenrod yellow, and the red is very much a uh, a uh, burgundy color. I actually find that, um, you know, there's a few things about uh, the game, like the little details that I really, really like. Um... Like the music's really great, whether it's just the, the 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 typical music, which I actually looked it up, and it's it's referred to as the fever. There's also a chill chills music, which is like I guess if someone's fighting the chills. Oh, okay. You know, it's funny. I actually noticed that for the first time. I was trying to. I was playing it on my Switch before we, you know, sat down to to record this. Just, uh, you know, just familiarize myself, be ready for to talk about some details of the game. And I noticed that too. Something I never noticed. It's in the menu where you can um, actually change your settings, the level of the computer, the speed, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's it's a really cool, um, but I like that change. It's not a ton, you know, it's pretty repetitive, but it does help you get in the zone. Um, but yeah, it was a really fun game to play and just sort of zone out. I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, it's, I've, it wasn't a game I talked about earlier, but Tetris, uh, it's a pretty cool game. And this was like Tetris, but with more of context. Oh yeah, no, I can, I can see that. Yeah, Tetris, there's... Nothing really going on except, uh, you know, you're dropping blocks into other blocks. Yeah, so in this game, you're actually, you know, sending down the pills to destroy the viruses. And it was just really fun and really challenging. You know, the first couple levels are pretty easy. But after that, you really got to get creative and uh, be on your game as uh, each pill falls. You really don't want to, you know, waste a pill. If you can help it, especially when you got like a double pill coming through, like that could really do some, that's like half of the four you need to line up to clear a virus. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I noticed early on in the game, you can, you know, you can waste one or let those flow by, but the deeper you get into the game, you don't have that room for error because that like, whatever the diagram is that you're actually sending 
the pills into, I guess it's got to be someone's body, right? But it just looks like a giant bottle. Um, that can get really crowded really fast. Yeah. And, and, you know, so it's just like a lot of less room for air, but it's really fun. It helps you really get dialed in. And I haven't had, you know, a lot of things that I've, um, you know, been so focused on as far as a hobby goes in, in my life. Awesome. Yeah. I, it's funny. I've, I've got some other friends who've been on the show recently who, uh, who have talked about that, especially who aren't huge gamers, kind of like in a very similar situation like you. And they've told me that they will really get, you know, totally focused um, and obsessive almost with the game. I don't want to characterize what was going on with you because you haven't really gotten to what, you know, your relationship was with the game yet. But um, it sort of sounds like what some other people have had where they get focused and it's like something they just do over and over and over and really get locked in. Yeah, it was definitely a surprising thing for me because before I just, like I said, not a lot of things uh, do that um, with the exception of, you know, performance and um, just uh, acting and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, it was a, uh, it was a uh, pretty cool and I really love just like getting locked in. I, um, I, uh, actually do have a, uh, Nintendo classic as they say. Oh, very cool. I, I actually just picked one up a few months ago. It's a really cool device. Yeah, it's great. And so I've just been playing that lately. Um, and it was funny, you know, talking to you at that bar, um, it really, it was, per it was like perfect timing. I had been getting back into it and had been thinking about it. Um, and you asked me some games I might like, and I said that one and said, I actually have a big story about it. I wanted to tell. So yeah, it's a really, really fun one. And it's been great to get back into lately. I love it. That's, that's fantastic. Uh, well, um, well, what about, you know, what was the context of when you played it with? You know, I know I talked to you about this before we came in uh, to record that like just to be thinking about that sort of stuff. But yeah, I'd love to know sort of like what was going on with you when you first got sucked into this back in 1990. Yeah, well, um, this was actually, um, this game came to me in a really difficult portion of my life. I would say actually probably the hardest uh, moments of my life. Oh my gosh. Um, wow. Um, I'm sorry to, I guess, put you on the spot, but yeah, anything you'd like to share about it, I'd really love to hear um, why this part of your life was so tough. Yeah. So, um, well, in May of 1990, that's actually when Jim Henson passed away. Oh my gosh! Uh, so I'm so sorry to to hear that. Yeah, and I'm not sure if you're aware, but it was pretty sudden. He came down with a a disease, and I want to say it was like an infection, and um, it just took his life really quick. And so it was. I was honestly in shock for a while. You know, I think a lot of us were. Um, everybody I talked to sort of uh, couldn't believe it. You know, sometimes with uh, with death. And the loss of someone you love, um, you know, you get the time to prepare for that. You know, you know, they get, get to live a full life. Uh, you see it coming a mile away. They are aged up. But, you know, Jim, it's not like he was young. It's not like he was a spring froggy. But um, he was. He wasn't old. So, um, you know, that was just really difficult to lose him so fast. I really hadn't had that happen in my life, let alone to someone so important and honestly instrumental to who I am 
and you know who I was and who I would become. Um, and without him, you know, my career may have not even been existent. You know, he took a shot on me, and you know, way back in uh, 1955, on uh, Sam and Friends, um, it was my big break, and uh, and of course, we ended up having a pretty great career together. Yeah, my goodness. Um, that's just, that's really heavy stuff. You know, I've until recently hadn't really had a lot of that in my life either. You know, people just like sort of, you know, disappearing, passing away out of, out of nowhere. I've, I've experienced, you know, older relatives and and then people, you know, who are just up there in age to be expected and you get that lead time. And, and, you know, that's, that doesn't necessarily make it, it doesn't make it not hard, but it's that expectation of knowing that that's coming that helps. You can at least prepare for it as opposed to having something, you know, really sudden um, like that. And I know a lot of people have so many have lost so many people this last year. It's been a, you know, a, a, a travesty what has gone on. But then even outside of that, you know, I've known some people who someone I didn't know, you know, recently actually passed away uh, maybe a couple months ago now and it wasn't someone I knew well but it was someone that I at least had met and you know I like know his girlfriend and I knew other people and it's it came at a really difficult time Um, I'm sorry to you know again talk about myself Kermit but I feel like I can you know at least relate to you in some way here I'm I'm sorry to hear that yeah no it's 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 okay um no, and feel free to share. You know, I'm going to give you a hard time about it um, just because that's like, I, that's how I bond with people. Um, but I will say, uh, yeah, it's tough. And I'm so sorry to hear about that. Um, even if they're not close to you, you know, the reality of mortality is, um, oh, that's a pretty good, uh, it's a pretty good line there if you want to take that for a title for one of your screenplays. Ah, the reality of mortality. Okay, you know, yeah, I'll put that one in my in my back pocket. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. I'm uh, kind of clever that way, often unintentionally. Um, but yeah, it's, it's difficult, you know. Um, and this was, like I said, the first sort of time that I ever really dealt with anything like that. Wow. Um, well, I mean, if you don't mind me asking, I'd love to know, like, how what was exactly going on for you? How did you deal with and process those things it's it's difficult especially having not gone through it at the time but yeah like what were you doing and i guess like how does this how does if dr mario ties into this um i'd love to know how yeah um no it really does um so this this was a long it was like a long process of of um you know really processing these emotions and these feelings um and it wasn't until, you know, we uh, we actually started production on uh, The Muppets Celebrate Jim Henson, um, which came out in 1990. Oh, wow. They, you guys didn't waste any time uh, doing a little a tribute there. That's that's incredible. Yeah, you know, it was something that, you know, the, the company wanted to do, the Jim Henson company, but I was also on board with, and so many of us thought it was important to, you know, um, honor the man who really gave us all life and gave us a chance so um yeah so it was really during the development and production of uh of that show that i really sunk time into dr mario 
And uh, it was really there for me. And it was sometimes, you know, I'll say unhealthy, perhaps, you know, just like instead of actually dealing with your issues, you know, just sinking time into something like that or forming bad habits. So it was like anytime those feelings came up, instead of dealing with them, I would just play Dr. Mario. Yeah, I can say I have definitely been there myself, uh, dude. Um, and it's it's really tough. It's it's a lot easier a lot of times, especially with these big, scary things. I mean, I don't need to tell you this. You're older than me. You've been around. Um, you're a mature frog. But, you know, it's a lot easier to numb yourself like I've done you know, countless times in my life uh, and for extended periods instead of actually, you know, addressing and working on, you know, things like this that you might be going through. Yeah, I uh, I totally agree. And um, if you could uh, not bring up my age again, I would appreciate that because, um, you know, trying to Hollywood, it's not exactly forgiving to the aged. Um, you know, mostly that's a problem for, you know, women. It's unfair. They get treated like shit. Can I say, sh- by the way, is this a podcast where you can cuss? Yeah, sure. Yeah, go say say whatever whatever the fuck you want, Kermit. It's totally fine. Well, okay. I don't think I would say that word, but um, but it's good to know. Yeah, they go through a lot more shit, but it's, you know, it still affects men too, just at a significantly slower rate. Um, but yeah, anyway, um, I would just sink so much time into that game. I got it before we started production on the show, but we were do- in development, um, but I, I was actually playing this at home, and it would be a game that, um, first I wasn't really into it, but then what happened was I, I was having trouble sleeping, you know, for whatever reason, thinking about Jim, thinking about the show, thinking about just life in general and how short it can feel. And it was sort of the first time in my life I had uh, trouble sleeping, really, you know, except for when I was a, you know, a tadpole having, uh, you know, nightmares about, you know, animals eating me and my brothers and sisters, um... But anyway, um, I would just wake up and I couldn't sleep. So I would go downstairs and I would play on the Nintendo and I play Dr. Mario and, um, you know, Miss Piggy would often wake up and come and smack me before giving me a smooch and saying, you know, Kirby, I love you. Um, come to bed, please, or I'll be an angry oinker. She would call herself that she would call herself an angry oinker. Yeah, well, it was something she would use to say that she would, like, threaten me with, like, she didn't want to be an angry oinker, but that she would be, and then when she's an angry oinker, she can't exactly, you know, control what's going to happen. Oh, okay, well, um, you know, I'm not going to make any judgment on that here, but, um, yeah, anyway, uh, so this, this was happening, uh, for, for you there, sorry, I almost got a little lost for a second, um, but you were just staying up playing this game late. Yeah, and it was really affecting me, you know, lack of sleep. It, it, I would just, that's really where I got good at the game. And it just became like a routine of just putting time in uh, over and over. Um, but as time went on, we eventually got into the production of, uh, of the, of the show, um, the, the Muppets celebrate Jim Henson. And, you know, the, the actual shooting didn't take very long. It was pretty short, but the rehearsals, and the and all the blocking that took for took forever it felt like so um I had my uh brought my Nintendo into the my my dressing room and so I would just play in there as opposed to um socializing with the other you know stars the other Muppets the other celebrities who were there to you know commemorate Jim's life um I would just do that 
uh, people would come in, but I wouldn't really pay them any mind. Um, I honestly kind of embarrassed by that. You know, it was, I didn't realize I actually had a problem until, you know, Fozzie came in and would talk to me. You know, my, my best friend, Fozzie, Bear, and I just like wasn't even engaging. And he, he sat me down and he was like, Kermit, you've got a problem, man. You got to deal with this. We're all dealing with this right now. And you got to, you know, sit down and look and just, and just process these emotions and stop hiding. I absolutely wasn't ready to hear him though. Um, because like some amazing people were there and I still was just ignoring them. Um, Frank Oz, Steven Spielberg, they all stopped by, but I just was not in a space to engage at all. Jeez, dude. That sounds, that sounds really rough. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really sorry to hear that. I've, I've been there too, where I've, you know, ignored people in my life, people trying to, you know, make a difference for me, people who care about me and, and, um, missing out, you, you end up missing out on moments and, and, and interactions that are ultimately really special. So, you know, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, but yeah, um, sorry. I, I feel like I interrupted you. Yeah, you know, you kind of did, but at the same time, you know, it is a conversation, so don't worry about it too much. Um, you're fine. Uh, but what ended up happening, the thing that surprisingly got me through it was a conversation with uh, the Cookie Monster from uh, from Sesame Street. Wait, so the, the Cookie Monster was at the, it was in the Muppets Celebrate Jim Henson? Yeah, he came and um, was all part of the show. I know it doesn't seem, you know, super um, normal like that would happen, but it did. You know what? Like, I mean, I told you Frank Oz and Spielberg showed up. And Oz, you know, was involved with us forever, but Spielberg, my God. And, and if people don't know what kind of guy the Cookie Monster is, he's kind of a straight shooter off, uh, you know, off camera. He really will just tell you how it is a lot of the time. And um, he came in my room. And he unplugged my video game. He unplugged uh, Dr. Mario. And he looked at me and he was like, Kermit the Frog, I need you to listen to me, okay? I need you to hear me. I know how saddened you are by the loss of your friend. But you cannot live your life like this. I mean, we're here shooting... The Muppets celebrate Jim Henson. Here you are, hold up away. We need you, man. And we can't have you helping us until you deal with this. Okay? So deal with it. And he, he it was kind of mind-blowing to hear that from him. I mean, I would have thought maybe I would have heard that from like Big Bird or, you know, pretty much anybody else besides a Cookie Monster. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't exactly imagine him to be the most, um wise and uh uh helpful <laughs> of of the you know people on sesame street but you know i guess sometimes life is surprising in that way yeah you know it really was um and he he told me he's like buddy i've been through this before he's like sometimes you know i when i run out of cookies it feels like i feel lost i feel like i just i don't know what i'm supposed to do next I mean, how do I move forward without cookies? So he told me that eventually he developed this thing where when he would run out of cookies and he had no way of getting them for a little while, even though it was at the time the most devastating thing he could go through, 
that he would just remember all of the great times that he had with the cookies. And by those, I, I assume he means eating them, because what the heck are you going to do with a cookie besides eat it? Um, and he would just remember those good times and cherish how special they were and think that if he ever got a chance to eat a cookie again, he would be so happy. And, you know, of course, it kind of sounds silly because he would always find, you know, more cookies. I mean, he's a cookie monster. That's what he does. Yeah, that that seems to, that checks out from here. (laughs) Yeah, and, you know, he would just know that, you know, even if he never got another cookie, he'd be fine. So it really helped me, it put into perspective for me just the time that I had with Jim and how special that was and... Reminded me that all good things do come to an end, and that's okay. And the feelings that I was having were legitimate, and they were real, but that um, I owed it to myself and those around me to address them and tackle them head on. You know, if I'm going to be the big frog in the house, then, I mean, people are going to look to me for leadership and, and you know direction especially the gym gone was sort of the head honcho with frank um so i just couldn't believe that the cookie monster was the one to help me through that but it really was amazing gosh that's incredible i am so happy that you had the chance to talk to him i'm so glad that he came to your room and just gave it to you it's funny how sometimes it just takes hearing that from someone whether it's you know, a close person to you or something like this, where I guess you were just like, you know, seemingly acquaintances. Um, that's, uh, that's absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, it was really cool. And I'm really thankful for him. You know, we don't really keep in touch, but I did get to tell him how much that meant to me a few years ago at a, at like a mixer, um, for the industry. Um, it was really, really cool. Wow. Um, amazing. Well, you know, Kermit, normally I feel like, uh, man, um, I'm just so thankful for what you had to share today. I didn't realize it was exactly going to go down this path, but I'm, I'm just thankful for this because I know this is stuff I've been dealing with over this last year and that I'm sure many people have been dealing with, you know, just the, not just the reality of mortality. Um, (laughs) thanks again for that Kermit. And no problem, but also, you know, just, um, how short life can be and how um, how we don't need to go through this A alone and be, you know, just riddled with anxiety and stress about all that stuff all the time. So I'm really, really proud of you and thankful for that. And yeah, and I would also just encourage anybody out there who is, who's been experiencing things like this this last year and had this, these sort of feelings exacerbated, like seek help ask for help, go to therapy, like sign up through, look at, look through, look through your health insurance, go to like psychology today. If you're, if you truly don't have these resources, hit me up because I've got a huge list of resources for, you know, um, mental therapists to help deal with these things. And it's something I've been doing. So yeah, I just, uh, think, uh, that it's so great that you came to share Kermit. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Really happy to. And I'm really happy to hear that, uh, you know, you're dealing with uh, your demons and that sort of thing. Congratulations. Oh, thank you so much. Um, Well, Kermit, before we move on to some fun end of the show segments, I did sort of want to open it up to you 
to say, uh, if there's, if you wanted to wrap up your thoughts or have any last memories to share about what Dr. Mario and this time means to you, um, please, please do. Yeah. So, um, again, I really love this game, not just because it's a fun puzzle game, but because of, you know, the time in my life when I had it, you know, even though I wasn't dealing with my feelings in the healthiest way, um, it was still helpful for me to have something to do. And, um, it felt productive. Felt like I was, you know, trying to heal someone by, by, uh, by eliminating the viruses. And, you know, I wasn't doing that, but it was really fun and at least gave me some, uh, sometimes to zone out, even though, as we learned, dealing with your emotions are the most important thing. Just, um, you know, so thankful for the Cookie Monster and everyone who was patient with me. And of course, my buddy, uh, rest in peace, uh, Jim Henson, rest in power, Jim Henson. I'm really thankful for you and uh, everyone you impacted. Awesome. Wow. Well, thank you again for sharing all about that, Kermit. Um, well, I'll go ahead and transition us to our fun post-show segments. Of course, the first of which is the Fact Me by Your Game segment. Oh, I hope I didn't have to prepare any facts because, like I said, I really don't know anything about this game. Oh, no, no, don't worry. This is something I prepare for my guests every week where I just, you know, share a few facts with you about this game. Um, so the first of which I've titled Unused Content Virus. Uh, and this goes as such. There are actually early prototypes of the original Dr. Mario that have been discovered over the years. They're titled Virus 1989 and Virus 1990. Oh, that's really interesting. Um, Tell me more. Yeah, that's exactly what I was planning on doing. Um, the game seems to function uh, in the same way uh, as the original Dr. Mario, but includes several graphical changes. So it was just like an early prototype, I guess, um, and that they had data mined uh, a few, just a few years ago, I want to say. Um, but instead of, you know, the magnifying glass showing the remaining viruses on the left side of the screen um, that Mario's got to destroy, it's actually an animation of a pug sitting on a chair and a nurse is holding a bag of ice to its head. So I guess you're healing a dog in, in the prototypes or, or something like that. And she's, I guess he must have a fever, um, which would explain the fever music option. Um, and also Mario Sprite is uh, slightly altered uh, and the virus sprites are different. I'll, I'll be sure to send you the uh, couple of videos I found on this. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that would be great. Um, I'd love to see it. Yeah. Um, the second fact that I have for you is titled, He's No Doc, He's a Fraud. So officially, Dr. Mario is not a real doctor. Kermit, does this come as any sort of surprise to you? Um, no, not really. Um, he doesn't seem like a doctor, so no, it makes sense. Yep, okay, glad it wasn't exactly a surprise. Um, so in an interview with Game, Inform with, uh, with Game Informer, Shijiro Miyamoto is quoted as saying, there's really, there's really only one rule in terms of the things that Mario does. Generally, it's that he's more on the blue-collar side. He's hardworking, and he's certainly more physical, much more physical in nature. So I think that a doctor is sort of an unexpected role for him, and perhaps unbelievable. And he also says, perhaps the Dr. Mario you're thinking of was maybe in some way not necessarily legitimate. Wow, bombshell alert. Um, I mean, not exactly a surprise considering um, he's a plumber, not a doctor. Those are pretty different fields. 
But wow, interesting that they actually came out and acknowledged that. Yeah, it's it is interesting. You know, I feel like you don't hear Nintendo acknowledge the sort of lore or the story behind choices that they've made or character moments because it's not always important. I mean, it's Mario. Like, what is that really gonna do? But um, anyway, this was a really fun just discovery that was made over the last few years. Yeah, that's really interesting. Okay, so that's it for the Fact Me By Your Game segment, and I will lead you to the final one of the show, the Game Recommendation segment. So, Kermit, this, I will tell you, is my one forced tie-in to the movie, Call Me By Your Name, um, where I am going to treat these game recommendations as uh, your um, potential future uh, dating partners for you. Um, And Dr. Mario, I'm going to treat as your summer passionate love, um, as just like the movie Call Me By Your Name. Oh, I uh, haven't seen it, so I don't actually get the reference, but uh, yeah, I'm excited to hear these. Yeah, um, it's not really important. It's just that I'm sort of basing these on, uh, you know, different sort of partners. You could date someone that's, you know, exactly the same as your last partner. Um, you could date someone wildly different. You could da- also date someone that's a total rebound. You never know. So that's what these are based on. Oh, you know, I guess I do sort of understand now. Um, Miss Piggy and I um, briefly split up, um, you know, when we were filming our last show around 2015. Um, and so, yeah, I definitely get that because we both dated a little bit around. Oh, interesting. I'm going to have to catch up on that show. But anyway, here are your recommendations. So the first one, Kermit, is if you want a modern classic puzzler, I'll go ahead and recommend to you a Tetris-like, which you mentioned earlier, Puyo Puyo Tetris. Oh, okay, cool. That sounds fun. Yeah, uh, it it is pretty fun. It's one of the most popular puzzlers that has released in the last... um, I don't know. I don't know if that's a, now that I'm saying it, I don't know if it came out like five years ago or 10 years ago, but it's really popular and really fun. Um, The next recommendation is that if you want more logic blocks, more logic puzzles than just blocks, I'll recommend a game I've recommended a few times recently, and that is Zumbinis, um, which is a uh, logic game from the 90s. It's on the PC. Oh, that's a, it's a really fun name. Um, but I don't really play computer games, so I don't know if I'll actually give it the time of day, but uh, thank you. Yeah, so, you know, just uh, another option. You can also get it on your phone if you ever want to check it out. It's a really fun, charming uh, logic game for made for kids, but I think anybody could enjoy it. And the last game, Kermit, is if your big takeaway from this is that you love doctors, you really want to get even more of a simulation going as, as far as it goes to doctors and administering um, healthcare, then I'll recommend to you Surgeon Simulator. Oh, wow. That sounds um, really interesting. I don't know if they'd allow a frog to be a surgeon um, with these uh, with my webbed hands. But um, but yeah, that, uh, thank you. Thank you for those recommendations. Those sound fantastic. Um, a little violent with the last one, but pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Well, well, those are for you. And that brings us to the end of the recommendation segment, Kermit. And in fact, that brings us to the end of the show. Um, so before we go ahead and plug things and you can plug whatever you want, um, uh, Kermit, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, this it was, it was brave of you, honestly, to do so. I'm glad you said yes. I was having anxiety the next day after I, uh, 
emailed you immediately because I was hungover and I was like, I must have made a fool of myself. But, you know, as someone who's really admired your work over the years and is, you know, an aspiring, you know, writer and an actor, I just got to say this was not only fantastic to have you on because of that, but so cool to hear from you. And thank you for being vulnerable. I think um, this is really important for thing for anybody to start to process. So thanks. Yeah, no, no problem, Connor. Um, thanks for having me on. This was, um, you know, spoiler alert, actually my first podcast that I've ever been on. So, um, first one. Oh, cool, cool. We've had a couple people, um, with their first, but I'm surprised. You know, you're a popular guy. Yeah, you know, it just it never really seemed like a thing I wanted to, um, engage with. I don't really understand it, but this was fun. So thank you so much. And thanks for letting me share about me processing my feelings around Jim's passing and uh, all the great things about Dr. Mario. Uh, thanks again. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Um, is there anything you'd like to plug? Anything you want people to know about on your way out? Um, no, uh, no. Check out um my episode of The Mass Singer earlier this year. Um, but no, nothing. I got to plug. Thanks again for having me on. I am Kermit the Frog. Okay. Yeah. Yes, you are. Uh, no arguments here. Well, thanks again, Kermit. I'll go ahead and close us out with some plugs of my own. The cover art for Call Me By Your Game is, of course, done by Glenn J. You can find him and his wonderful art on Instagram at, at Glenn with two N's dot J A Y. Uh, this show, of course, is supported. You can support us by subscribing to our Patreon if you like us. If you're a fan of the shows on our network, video games and comedy show, call me by your game, um, super NPCs, you know, all of the fun ones, uh, check us out on Patreon. We've got, um, multiple free, oh, multiple free, multiple episodes that come out, uh, every week, including at the, even the lowest tier, you get a weekly show, uh, called super NPCs from Jeremy and I, we're doing that big Zelda, um, uh, celebration this year, uh, and so much more. So yeah, check us out there. We got a lot of fun stuff going on. Um, and, uh, you can also check out Jeremy Schmidt, our producer and his show, video games, a comedy show, which streams live every week on Fridays, close to 6 PM on my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash cons is cool 69. So be sure to check that out. Uh, check our socials cause we'll always update the times. And lastly, you can also follow me on Twitter at Connor underscore McCabe. That'll do it for this episode of call me by your game. We will see you on the next one. Why are there so many songs about rainbows? And what's on the other side? Rainbows are visions, but only illusions. And rainbows have nothing to hide. Dreamers and me Who said that every wish Would be heard and answered When wished on the morning star Somebody thought of that And someone believed it Look what it's done so far Thank you.
Dreamers and me